Valerie? Yes, Chair, there's enough members in the meeting to start the meeting, the meeting correct. Good morning, everybody. Uh, members of this portfolio committee, I can see uh, Honorable Nsinga is here. I see uh, Honorable Figile, Kumalo, and uh, yeah, in a number of other members. Uh, Honorable Minister and the Department of uh, Transport, uh, a very good morning to you all. There is a, a hand that uh, is prohibiting me to start my meeting. I don't know what's happening. Lagas, is your hand up? Thank you very much. Yes, indeed, uh, Chairperson, my hand is up, and it is not some form of protest as what you are alluding to. It is the appropriate moment in your meeting, uh, Chairperson, to announce um, uh, uh, people that cannot attend and that are not available. Therefore, Chairperson, I would humbly submit um, the apology of my colleague, Honorable Mabena, if you would kindly note that. Thank you, thank you Chairperson. Uh, no, thank you very much. I can see you don't want to waste time. I was still uh, uh, welcoming people. Um, so feel free, everybody, to participate in this meeting. It's not going to be a very long meeting <clears throat> as it is. Um, it has only three items. Uh, briefing by the Minister of Transport on the festive season road accident fatalities, deliberations on the economic regulation of transport bill, bill number one of 2020, and uh, consider consideration of further written submissions on the proposed additional amendments to the bill, and we will then be dealing with the minutes of the 25th of January. <clears throat> I hope uh, that is clear. Apologies, we have three apologies. Um, we have an apology from uh, Honorable Sitole, who's attending another portfolio committee. And we have an apology from Honorable Sitolo who is in transit to Cape Town. And we have a brand new apology from Honorable Mapena, who's not able to attend today. Those are the three apologies that uh, have landed on my table. Uh, otherwise, uh, without a waste of time, let me uh, check on the side of the ministry. The minister is here. I've not seen the deputy minister. Let me pause and, and get an explanation so that we don't just brush that um, issue. Is there any apology from the side of the deputy minister? Yes, there is an apology. I thought she had written the apology herself. But she did apologize that she will join, but later. So I thought that there is a written apology and route to you, Chair. But the Deputy Minister did apologize 
uh, to me that she will be late. I think it could just be an oversight which must be corrected by the chief of staff and the office of the DM to send the written apology to you. Thank you very much, um, Honorable Minister. <clears throat> At this moment, I want to then give you uh, an opportunity to address us. As I've said, the first item actually belongs to you. Over to you, Honorable Minister. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, and the members of the Portfolio Committee, uh, the Deputy Minister, over the 2021 festive season, we saw some of the most heart-wrenching crashes, claiming many lives in a single crash. It is also important to appreciate that the festive season campaign is not implemented in a vacuum, but is firmly located within a broader safety campaign 365 days action agenda. This is anchored on policy framework that is rooted in law and reinforced by social pact with monitoring, with motoring, public, and organs of civil society. Our arsenal of interventions aimed at delivering a reduction of 25% fatalities on our roads include policy and legislative interventions. The, de the design of our road traffic management system is premised on the appreciation that while <coughs> provincial roads, traffic and parking fall within the ambit of exclusive provincial legislative competence, maintaining national norms and standards is necessary to ensure effective performance by municipalities of their executive authority. This is equal equally true of maintaining economic unity of the Republic and arrest the negative impact of road fatalities um, and crashes on the economy. Uh, Chair, I am not going to deal with the statistics because we have a team from RTMC and DOT with me here. Uh, I think uh, Deputy Director General Kavisa, uh, I don't know the active DGs here, and uh, Caravale, Kevin Caravala from RTMC. I will then uh, invite them, Chair, to present uh, the breakdown of the statistics, the crashes, and all of that, and uh, wish to pause there because uh, it will otherwise become a repetition from what I will be doing and what they will be doing. And I think we'll lose the quality of the essence of what we presented to you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Minister. Um, Eben Caravali or Kevin Caravali. Ndatemadi. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you. Good morning, uh, esteemed members. Chair, I will call upon um, Karabari to come and, and address the, the committee. Also, Chair, I want to, I was writing actually a note for you. I need to introduce the, the team at the JCPS subcommittee. 
a cluster. Uh, once they, they started presenting, I'll come back to this uh, meeting. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Kevin. Good morning, uh, Chair, and uh, morning, members. Uh, I'll just share my screen with the presentation. Uh, I must, I must tell you that I, I like your, your name or your surname, Caraval. Caraval two point six, Chair. Um, Karaka. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. You can continue. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Chair, the presentation will focus on the interventions um, that were implemented during the festive season. It will give a context of uh, the vehicle and driver population and then focus on the statistics um, as was recorded over the past festive season. Chair, in terms of the, the road safety uh, interventions, we normally do a, a collaboration with all our partners in the provinces and local authorities together with external stakeholders uh, from, from industry, uh, where we focus our efforts on the different road user groups. So uh, in the period um, December to January, our road user groups that we focused on were drivers, passengers and pedestrians, uh, and we had directed uh, interventions where we focused on fatigue, drunk driving, distracted driving, dangerous driving for drivers, the usage of seat belts and child restraints for passengers, as well as in, uh, looking at the visibility, um, drunk walking and jaywalking when we deal with uh, pedestrians. We also have, as part of the, the overall 365 campaign, a focus on speed reduction where we want to reduce the speed, particularly in, in urban areas where there's a high uh, conflict between vulnerable road users, being cyclists, uh, pedestrians, as well as motor vehicles. So we're looking at reducing the speed in school zones and areas where there's a high concentration of vulnerable road users. Um, this is part of the second decade of action uh, to deal with, with road safety. So there is a program underway to look at that. We also focus on the use of restraints uh, through heightened awareness. We focus on pedestrian safety, again, through education and activations within hazardous locations. And then uh, one of our major contributing factors, of course, is drunk driving. And here we deal with it through collaboration with the private sector industry bodies, uh, where we deal with uh, the consequences of drug driving, as well as enforcement in this space. So the festive season was launched in Bloemfontein, and we had a number of engagements uh, with communities and roadblocks in the area. And thereafter, we then started with our, our targeted campaign. So just a couple of highlights uh, in the Trans-Kalahari uh, corridor, we did a thank a driver campaign. Uh, this was a, a campaign that involved representation from Namibia, our other road safety or, or, or road entities, as well as the provincial and local authorities. As And from the private sector, we involved uh, Coca-Cola in this initiative. 
We also did a road safety campaign, which was led by the minister at Maubane on N1. Uh, this was a focus on driver fitness and roadworthiness of vehicles. There was an uh, operation on the 22nd of December uh, in Sosenguwe, where we focused on roadworthiness of vehicles and driver fitness. And we also targeted uh, pedestrians at the nearby mall, in, um, this being one of the areas that's got a high concentration of pedestrian fatalities. The partnership with the private sector uh, involves education through advertisements, billboards, and targeted interventions. Uh, we did some activations with our local authorities. We also then uh, received a donation of, of vehicles to be used uh, for our alcohol evidence center. Um, and this is to, to assist our, our law enforcement uh, capability. And then we had various driver education initiatives uh, throughout the provinces. The total number of road safety activities conducted during the period was 320, with the majority of these happening in the coastal areas, the Eastern Cape, KwaZulu-Natal, um, as well as Western Cape. Uh, we know that there's a high number of people who travel from our central provinces to the coastal provinces during this period. So the focus was on the, on the coastal provinces in terms of our activities. The, the types of interventions that were conducted, we had specific attention on long long distance taxis. Um, we had awareness interventions at various fuel stations along the major routes. We did fatigue management at our roadblocks. We had waybridge interventions directed at the freight industry. We had roadside interventions within the hazardous location areas. And there were various exhibitions and roadblocks and, and engagements with faith-based gatherings during this period. Um, and at clinics as well, where we know a number of our drivers do go for their, for their assessments. Um, and we targeted our communities through radio and TV commercials that promoted road safety during this period. Just an, an observation that uh, during this period, we were under alert level one, adjusted alert level one, where there was no midnight curfew after the 30th of December. Um, whereas in the previous year, we had alert level three, and this obviously impacted uh, on the number of people that were on the road. Uh, and where there's more vehicles on the road and more road users, there's an increased uh, number of contact points where, where they do come into contact and this leads to an increase in the number of, of crashes. On our law enforcement interventions here, yeah, we had a number of interventions. I think the, the major thing here was that we had a number of vehicles stopped during this period increase based on the previous year. And this is due to the, the increased volume of vehicles on the roads. Uh, we also had a significant increase in the number of arrests, as well as the number of notices that were that were issued during this period. The provinces with the highest uh, number of vehicles stopped was Limpopo, uh, KZN, and Western Cape. Uh, other provinces had a, a significant number of vehicles that were also stopped in the Eastern Cape. Uh, but this was more or less the trend. It, it, it's more or less similar to, to last year. The number of notices issued uh, also 
Gauteng had the highest number of notices issued, followed by Western Cape and Mpumalanga and uh, Eastern Cape. Those are the provinces that, that, that had the highest number of notices that were issued. The highest number of vehicles that were discontinued, uh, the, those notices, NTP issued 1,500, which is the RTMC's National Traffic Police, followed by Mpumalanga, Western Cape, and Gauteng. The highest number of vehicles impounded was in Mpumalanga, almost 2,352, um, followed by KwaZulu-Natal, Limpopo, and then Western Cape. Our top five offenses in the period, uh, speed being, being one of the highest, followed by driving without fastening a seatbelt, driving without licenses, unlicensed vehicles, as well as worn-out tires. And uh, most of these do contribute uh, when we get to the fatal crashes, you will see them as contributing factors. The arrests that were that were executed during this period, the highest number was for drunk driving, uh, followed by warrants of arrest for outstanding fines that were executed, um, and then uh, a high number of vehicles were were also or, or drivers were also arrested for operating without operating licenses. Uh, so that those are public transport vehicles that, that did not have operating licenses. In terms of the, the highlights, uh, or let's rather call them lowlights, uh, uh, for the highest speed arrests, uh, in Limpopo, the higher uh, a vehicle was trapped at 225 kilometers per hour. The driver was arrested on the 16th of December on the N1. Um, bail was granted at 3,500 in that case. The highest alcohol arrest was in Johannesburg, uh, 2.43 milligrams per 100 milliliters. Uh, this was a male. Um, there's no indication whether bail was granted or not in this case. In terms of the observations from the period, we do uh, identify that the traveling pattern has changed dramatically. So the road users would, would, would use alternative routes, particularly when they know their operations taking place in the major routes. Um, also, the influence of the um, alert level one meant that the, uh, the traveling times were also affected. We also ha had the impact in terms of the weather conditions, which uh, had played a role where operations that were planned had to be cancelled due to the, the severe weather conditions and that uh, resulted in us taking an approach of doing more visible patrolling. And this obviously did have an impact in terms of being able to, to execute the enforcement plans. We do propose uh, going forward that we also align the KPIs of our uh, national police, provincial traffic, as well as local authorities um, with a focus on law enforcement and implementation of the National Traffic Code. Um, we do also have an uh, uh, appreciation that sometimes our planning is done very well, but the the, the operations aren't, aren't well uh, supervised or monitored, and this leads to, to some gaps in terms of the implementation thereof. Um, and then we also want to focus going forward on moving violations, as, the, as this has got a, a, a big impact in terms of uh, the types of fatal crashes that we do see on our roads. Just in terms of the vehicle and driver 
population, uh, the annual increase uh, from the previous year up until the 31st of December 2021 was 2.04%. This is a more or less standard uh, annual increase in terms of the vehicle population. And Gauteng, uh, KwaZulu-Natal, and Western Cape do account for the highest number of vehicles uh, uh, um, in the country. The month-on-month changes, uh, normally between April and July, and then from September to December, we do see an increase in the in the number of vehicles that that, that are sold um, in in the country. So that's where we see the fluctuation in the vehicle population. Uh, this is just another representation of the same graph. On the driver population, uh, there was an increase uh, in terms of the number of learner licenses issued as well as driving licenses and professional driving permits to, to new drivers uh, year on year compared to the previous year. So we get into the statistics. Uh, we did see significantly larger portion of the country, particularly the eastern half of the country and central, uh, having more rainfall than the year before. And this does have an impact in terms of the road conditions, and this is a contributing factor for fatal crashes annually. That was for December, and for January, we also saw in some areas it was a bit more wetter than the, than the rest, particularly the central central part of the country compared to the previous year. Chair, we, we report on fatal crashes as well as fatalities. Uh, the reason for that is when we do have major crashes, um, it does distort the picture if one only focuses on the fatalities. So we do focus a lot on fatal crashes. Um, the comparison that we are doing throughout is a, a dual comparison. We do compare 2021-2022 with 2019-2020, which was the last normal year before COVID. And then we also do a comparison with the previous year to show the year-on-year increase. So this is a breakdown of the fatal crashes per province, the majority being in Gauteng, KZN, as well as in uh, Western Cape and Eastern Cape for the last uh, festive season. If one looks at the distribution per day of the week, the set Friday, Saturday, Sunday is again our, our highest number of fatal crashes. It's important to note here, Chair, that even in our normal years and our COVID years, the trend is more or less the same the weekend having the highest number of fatal crashes. And this is even the same if one looks at, at the longer period, like our annual analysis and so on. Uh, the weekend is, 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 is normally the time when, when most crashes occur. Time of day, uh, most crashes occur between 6 o'clock at midnight. And again, this is evidence that the trend is the same, whether it be a, a normal year, a COVID year, or the, the one we had last year, which was very close to normal, um, the trend still, still stays the same in terms of the time of day when the when the crashes do, do occur. In terms of the, the crash types, there's a percentage or a seven percentage point increase with pedestrian crashes based on the previous year, uh, but significantly almost a 14% um, percentage point increase on single vehicles compared to the previous year. Now that that is uh, is, is significant because you'll see in the in the major 
major contributing factors that human behavior is one of the biggest uh, um, contributors to our fatal crashes. In, <clears throat> in terms of vehicle types, uh, private vehicles or, or, or light motor vehicles and light delivery vehicles still make up the, the highest percentage of vehicles that are involved in the crashes. Um, the other ones are more or less uh, the same compared to the to to the previous years. The contribution of human factors, as we indicated, seventy nine percent of that uh, of the crashes involve some kind of human error. Eleven um, percent of those fatal crashes was as a result of road or environmental factors, and ten percent as a result of vehicle factors. Within those factors, um, the the major contributing, if one looks at, at the human factors, speed too high for circumstances. So 24% of the crashes involved excessive speeding. 23% of the crashes involved jaywalking pedestrians. 5% overtaking on a barrier line, uh, as well as turning in front of oncoming traffic, so make, making a U-turn in front of the the oncoming traffic. From a road and environmental point of view, the the wet services was, was one of the highest contributors in terms of that, um, as well as visibility, either um, it was poor or there was environmental conditions such as smoke or rain or fog that contributed to the to the uh, road road crash at that point. In terms of fatalities, uh, Gauteng, KZN, Lampopo, Western Cape, Eastern Cape have got the highest percentage for the year and, uh, for the period under review. And if one looks at the breakdown, the pedestrians decreased by about 10 percentage points. However, our passengers increased significantly by about six percentage points compared to the previous year. Um, and we do see quite a high number of our major crashes, which involves a whole, a, a large number of uh, passengers in those crashes, uh, did increase significantly on year, and we'll get to that later in the slide. The distribution of uh, female versus male, uh, more or less the same over the year, 68% of males, 27% are female. Um, and this also is representative when it looks at the driver population, more or less the same. So if one looks at our targets that we set, uh, the, the target that we set for fatal crashes was set at a 10% reduction for this uh, festive season compared to the last festive season. And uh, unfortunately, we did not meet that target. We had a 5.6% increase. Um, but we do know that the previous year was an abnormal year compared to this year. If one compares it uh, with the 2019-2020 year, we actually had a decrease of 4.9%. So those are between the two normal years. Uh, although some provinces did have significant increases, Western Cape, Pumalanga, and Gauteng, uh, but other provinces did, did reduce significantly compared to the 2019-2020 performance. This is just a graphical representation of that of, of the fatal crashes year on year, where Western Cape, Gauteng, have got significant increases as well as Northern Cape on the previous year. In terms of fatalities, our target was 14, uh, sorry, was 10%. We, 
we did increase by by 14 percent uh, year on year but again if one then compares to the previous year um, the increase is only 4.3 percent on our last normal year um, and significantly when it comes to fatalities in Pumalanga, Northern Cape and Western Cape had a high increase compared to the 2019-2020 year. Again, this is just a graphical representation of that comparison between 2021-22 and 2020-2021. Western Cape showing a significant increase as well as Northern Cape um, year on year and Pumalanga as well. The overall performance, uh, Eastern Cape did, did the best uh, with a 13% decrease in fatal crashes and 7% uh, decrease in fatalities. Uh, Northern Cape, unfortunately, because of their low low base, um, with the, an increase in, in, in major crashes, they do show quite a significant increase year on year from 2020-2021 to 2021-2022. Here we're making a, a special emphasis on, on major crashes. There was a significant increase in the number of major, major crashes uh, compared to previous years. In 2021-2022, we had 34 major crashes, whereas in 2019-2020, only 11. And even in the abnormal year, which was the last uh, year, it was 13. Um, if you look at the fatalities as well, 223 compared to 66 and 72 respectively. So this represents a 210% increase from the previous year on fatalities and a 162% increase on the fatal crashes from the previous year. <clears throat> Most of the fatal crashes occurred in uh, Mpumalanga, Limpopo, Eastern Cape and Western Cape. The trend on the, on the major crashes is more or less the same, except that Thursday comes into the picture now. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday are the, are the major uh, or, the, or, or the days that the major crashes occur the most. Um, and the time of day is slightly earlier, so from about 5 o'clock up until 10 o'clock, that's when we see the, the majority of the major crashes happening. The major crash crash types head-on uh, is a significant contributor to, to the major crash fatalities. And the types of vehicles involved would be light motor vehicles, your light delivery vehicles, and minibuses followed by trucks. Those are the, the, the top four uh, vehicles that are involved in the, in the major crashes. The number of fatalities, uh, Western Cape 34, Eastern Cape 35, Gumlanga 35, and Limpopo 44. And you can see that the number of fatalities increases from Thursday onwards, as we've mentioned, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, that's the distribution per day of the fatalities. The major routes that uh, that are involved is the R61 in the Eastern Cape, uh, the R38 in Pumalanga, the N1 in Limpopo, as well as the N1 in the Western Cape um, are the major major routes. And with the breakdown of, of the fatalities, uh, Limpopo N133, Western Cape N123, Eastern Cape R6119, Free State 14. In the on the R57 and in Pumalanga on the R3812. Chair, that's the end of the presentation. Thank you.
Thank you very much. Um, that's the presentation, honorable members. Um, I know that the members will not leave this, this presentation without uh, giving proof that they have read it, they have understood it, and they want to get some clarity questions and comments that should not be taken as a negative, because that is our work as this portfolio committee. Thank you very much for the presentation, Kevin. I can already see two hands that are going to do exactly what I've said. I have now four hands. That is uh, Honorable Unsinga, followed by Honorable uh, McDonald, followed by Honorable Peter May. And of course, the last hand will be from Jambas. In that order, please. Uh, thank you, Chairperson, and thank you um, to the department and specifically RTMC um, for the presentation. I also want to acknowledge uh, Minister Mbalula uh, at this presentation. Um, let me from the onset say that it is extremely encouraging to have a presentation where a submission, a submission is made, where data um, has been collected, and a statistical overview is given of what was experienced. Minister, I think the challenge is now to convert the data, um, not just uh, in terms of seeing it as statistics, but to convert this into a strategy that extends um, to in fact be a 365 campaign and not just a logo or a slogan. I do appreciate the fact that the focus areas were speed reduction, seat belt, um, uh, drunk driving, and pedestrian saving, uh, pedestrian uh, safety. Um, but there's definitely more to a vision for road safety than simply something which is driven on these four um, or five uh, law enforcement um, objectives. Um, in terms of the presentation, more specifically, uh, Chairperson, um, I don't know whether you received uh, the presentation because you alluded to us um, having studied this. Um, you might have received the Chairperson, but in fact, we haven't. And I must uh, say, Chairperson, it is quite difficult to interpret these slides at the speed at which it is presented. I think it is an extremely important topic. I think it is extremely important for us to at least receive this before the time so that we can really study this and add value to a session like this. Sadly, um, the value which we can add, since we only had to catch uh, some elements of the presentation here and there, is therefore limited. But I've made a note or two, and I would like to just get some clarity on that. Um, on your slide 23, there was a bullet point five, which referred to supervision and monitoring 
which needed to be improved. Could you please tell us whose responsibility this exactly is and in what way this would lead to improvement, um, as you suggested? On slide 34, there was an indication uh, that the Eastern Cape had a drop um, in um, in occurrences. Uh, could you please expand on possible reasons for this, since one could then definitely learn from that uh, just in terms of a case study? On your slide 40, um, you remarked that um, the reason for that particular increase was that the speed was too high for the conditions or the circumstances. If you could just expand on that um, observation. And on slide 45, um, you mentioned a, a objective of a reduction of 10% um, as, a, as a target setting. Um, in relation to the bigger volume of carriage, for instance, in buses or a couple of taxis or on a particular route because of a particular event, that happens certainly, you know, 10% is so marginal in terms of the volume of potential deaths um, that uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of hesitant to, to accept that as a good criteria. In general, um, I would like to ask the department um, to react to experiences that um, we've gathered now in the last couple of years. Um, where RTMC has really impressed with the volume and specifics around data, something we haven't seen before. But then more importantly uh, to the minister, how this is carried forward in a proper road safety program and um, whether we have also learned something or attempted to learn something from uh, Swedish experience, for instance, with their program uh, Vision Zero. Um, where the focus has shifted to preventability uh, and to to be proactive uh, to prevent injuries and deaths um, by designing transportation systems in a way that collisions uh, won't result in fatal um, or serious injury. Um, uh, Chairperson, this is a very important topic. Uh, I would like this not to be handled in such a hasteful manner um, and that we definitely have a follow-up, especially after we've had exposure to the slides, so that we can really study them and contribute in a more meaningful way than in this hasteful manner, which this is handled this morning. Thank you, Chairperson. <clears throat> um, Honorable um, McDonald. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. As I lower my hand, uh, good morning, Chairperson, good morning, Honourable Members. Uh, greetings to the Minister, Deputy Minister, that I think she's arrived. I don't know if she has arrived yet. Uh, the Acting DG, Kevin Caravala, and um, thank you for the presentation. Chairperson, I just want to um, add some things. Um, I want to um, yeah, highlight... Honorable McDonald, Mr. Kevin, Mr. Kevin Caravala is from RTMC. Mr. Madia is still acting DG. 
according to the information that is Chairperson, that's what I said. Chairperson, I said to the acting DG and to and to Oh, okay. Kevin Caravala. Thank you very for, much. From the RTMC for his uh, presentation. Chairperson, um I would um in the Western Cape, Chairperson, there was um 136 uh, minibus taxis impounded for not having uh, operating licenses. And um, this takes me to the slide on under arrests. And there was 723 countrywide um, arrests for operators using vehicles without uh, operating licenses. I would like to have more clarity on that, Chairperson. Uh, because firstly, a vehicle can't be financed without an operating license. Secondly, are these habitual uh, offenders? Are these people that are continuously, then, these, then, we, then we must make it difficult for them to use their vehicles on the roads, Jefferson. Because those are the type of, of, of infringements that kill people, Jefferson. Then, Jefferson, I've got a serious, serious, serious problem with the statistics. Uh, in 2021, there was not a single arrest for overloading, Chairperson. And Chairperson, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, that, but that's uh, BS, BS uh, statistics. And only 21 trucks, 21 goods uh, arrests for overloading. Chairperson, um, I, I, that's, it's impossible. I drive the roads at least 30 times a year between Cape Town and Bloemfontein, and I can... Uh, tell you, Chairperson, the reason why there's so few arrests is because the way breaches are not operating. People are doing whatever they do feel like. Chairperson, I, I want to highlight an accident in Lanesburg on the 1st of January 2022. I think it was the 1st of January 2022, early January 2022, where six people died in a minibus taxi uh, accident in Lanesburg. Uh, the driver survived. The people in that um, vehicle died because the gross weight of the vehicle was exceeded because it had a trailer on the back and the passengers in the front got crushed in the first and second rows because the firstly, there's no legislation for, for seatbelts in minibus taxis, firstly. Secondly, there's, no, there's absolutely no um, weight checking on, 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 on minibus taxis. Um, the, the acting DG knows that I've written him a letter and I've asked for some statistics because it's it's a problem. You look at uh, um, um, videos of uh, the border uh, during the, the during the festive season and you see each and every taxi leaving the country that's standing in the queue there has got a trailer and that is so overloaded that the wheels are, 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 are that the wheels are buckling, but there's no arrests and no fines and no infringements and it just happens as if as if it's the norm. Chepperson, they can't have that as a norm. Chepperson then on in Lyukamka in Lanesburg, uh, between um, Beaufort West and uh, Lanesburg, um, there's two bottle stores at the truck stop. Two. They they their whole business is based on selling to truck drivers. Chepperson, I, I mean we, we, we need to draw a line somewhere. We need to, there needs to be a, dry, a, land, a line in the sand. We can't continue like this. I mean, it's, it, it, it's unbelievable that we allow things like that, Chairperson. Then, Chairperson, pedestrians, huge problem. We need to make pedestrians more visible at night. We have got serious challenges in this country. Um, 
And people, because of the, the um, informal settlements, because of spa- uh, apartheid spatial development, are situated next to highways, and there, there is not enough light and, and pedestrians get killed. Jefferson, we need to investigate how to make um, pedestrians more visible, and this will clamp down on, on a lot of the fatalities over the festive season because people inadvertently, because they can't see where they are walking and where cars can't see them, are being killed, and and uh, and, and and that's not um, right, Chairperson. Chairperson, I want to know how many minibus taxis in South Africa during the festive season were given a citation or a fine or a rest for overloading chairperson, because those are the ones that are killing the ordinary black people in South Africa. And I thank you, chairperson. Thank you, Honorable McDonald. Um, what is the meaning of BS? Uh, I withdraw that, chairperson. I withdraw that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Honorable Peter May. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, I know drunken drive is a very serious crime, but we can't allow the, the destruction of roads caused by portals. We must repair it as soon as possible when it is the size of a soccer ball. According to a road engineer, Mr. Andrew Lartz, it can cost between two and 3,000 rand per square meter. So uh, repair it as soon as possible. I received also complaints about uh, zinc holes over the last four weeks. Uh, make, uh, I received complaints from the people who make use of the R50. That's between Pretoria and Babsfontein. There is a zinc hole on the R50. So motorists are forced to take an alternative route and make use of the R25. Uh, it's, it's extra cost, and we all know petrol is very expensive. When, when is the department going to fix it? There's also a zinc hole in the road between Clarence and Forisberg. It happened on the 9th of January, and the road was closed on the 2nd of February, 22. It is about 200 meters long. We all know the East Free State is well known for tourists, so it is important to fix to repair it as soon as possible. But zincals is a different. But I cannot see why we can't fix portals quickly. In many cases, portals are the cause of accident. I have had a wonderful experience on the R62, the alternative route for the N2. I stopped at two persons, Ian Plaikis and Zubrail Newton, busy repairing portals. I thanked them, and then they gave me a, tel- a cell number and requested me to phone them if I see any portals. It is so important to report portals as soon as possible, but I think one of the problems in South Africa is people don't know who to contact when they see a portal. Really, I think we must do something more about portals. It is so important, and I would like to Thank the department. I always say the best roads in South Africa is the Western Cape and the Eastern Cape. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, thank you, um, 
Honorable Peter May. Uh, I'm sure some honorable member will contest that view. The best roads in the <laughs> country, Eastern Cape and Western Cape. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Not the street type chairperson. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> let's take Uchamba and see. Thank you very much. Wearing a Thank beautiful. You very much. Oh. Thank you very much. Good morning, Mangete. Yes, Jambas. Uh, morning, morning, Jolinkomo, Nebanja, Minister, and the whole congregation, honorable colleagues, uh, everyone who's on the platform, and fellow South Africans. Thank you for the presentation. Um, Chair, I I think uh, we, I have said this before, but maybe we need to, to take some stronger position uh, in terms of trying to persuade or influence uh, the ministry and the department in certain things. <clears throat> uh, number one, I have raised through this committee the effectiveness of the National Traffic Police. I am convinced that there is no difference that the National Traffic Police is making in the reduction of accidents. Why am I saying so? Because it is a provincial, in the main, a provincial and a local sphere of government responsibility. The RTMC, in my view, has to set standards, has to monitor, has to provide these people with the data to improve their enforcement and put measures, allow them to do what their responsibility is. So I would like going forward, and I've asked this before, but unfortunately it has not come forth. Can we have a breakdown of the effectiveness of the National Traffic Police. Um, I'm saying this, Chair, because <clears throat> in many instances, in my view, it's a competition. Um, and in many instances, we have been receiving complaints from law enforcers in these other spheres of government of their uh, perceived interference by the National Traffic Police. I don't think it's interference. I think there's legislation that put them in place, but I think it was not necessary. If you go back and understand when the NTP was started, what was the intention, and when the, the relationship with Sandral didn't go well, there was a diversion, and then that is what we find. Secondly, Chair, if you look at the very well presented statistics uh, by Kevin there. You can go back to 1998 if you want to. You will find exactly the same trends, exactly. If you look at human factor as a major contributing factor to accidents, or as Kevin calls them, crashes, uh, I call them accidents, uh, one will see that that trend is the same. 
especially if you look at percentage. What is not coming out, and that is what we would humbly request through you, Minister, that we could get, how are we intervening in these areas? We are always told it's a human factor, it's speed, but again, you don't seem to get any cutting edge technology that is trying to address that. My colleague, Honorable Hunsinger, mentioned Sweden. I've had the unfortunate uh, situation that I've been there. I've seen what they've done. Um, in terms of looking at resolving the actual problem, not the symptoms of the problem. In my view, in my humble considered view, that is what the RTMC should be doing. Looking at these cutting edge technologies. Uh, making sure that these provinces and municipalities are, are implementing them. Because, as I say, again, if you look at the trends, percentage-wise, go back to 1998. You ask yourself, why was their slogan, speed kills? That was put across the roads, arrive alive, balance. It was purely because speed then was seen as a factor. The question should be to the RTMC, what have you done? to put uh, measures that make sure that speed. We know technology is there. I'm not the one to preach what are the things that could be done. Now, um, again, if you look at um, R61, I think on the last second last slide, Kevin there, I'm sure you put this slide at 2 a.m. this morning. I see the Western Cape, that's where the R61 is, and the Eastern Cape, that's where the N1 is. Uh, if you could just correct that, I'm sure it was just a very, very minor uh, issue uh, there and so forth. And uh, lastly, uh, Chair, I would like to know if any, I might have missed it, the presentation went a bit fast, uh, fines, or citations or notices issued for unlicensed drivers during the same period. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. And Thank you. Um, Honorable Nolchungu, Nontando. Thank you, Chairperson. Let me also greet the Minister, the Department, members of the Department of Transport, my colleagues, and say good morning to you this morning. Uh, let me also welcome the presentation and uh, thank the Department for being honest. Uh, you know, one statement that actually impressed me was the fact that they acknowledge that there are good plans, but monitoring, it's not being done. I think it's something that's happening throughout the government departments where we've got beautiful plans, but implementation and monitoring are the challenges. Uh, the second thing is, you know, between lane spec up to Aberdeen, there are those speed cameras. I want to check if those speed cameras are working because I've traveled there twice uh, during this festive season, and uh, I deliberately went over 120 to 150 to see if I'm going to get a ticket. 
Uh, no, no, that was before the festive season and I have not received a ticket. So my question is, are those cameras working? Uh, and that, I think that's about it. And thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Noluchungu. I'm sure they are still processing your tickets. You'll soon find them. Uh, but the question has been posed and it will be answered. The, uh, as you lower your hand, uh, our chairperson, let me also join my colleagues to welcome the presentation and also welcome the minister for being always present. Uh, the causes of accidents and fatalities on our roads, mostly chairperson, I think it's because of potholes in almost all our roads in South Africa, excluding only the toll roads. Then the question is, what can be the remedy for potholes? I think the remedy can be provinces with potholes on their roads be fined and where there are persistence with regard to potholes the Department of Transport should intervene and close the potholes and thereafter after force protest that they have done that was a, that is a brotherly advice provincial police are doing absolutely nothing with regard to law enforcement. What they do is to take the bribery, bribery from uh, the lawbreakers and go away with the money without uh, persecuting the lawbreakers. Then finally, the road signs. There are no more road signs visible on our roads, especially in the free state. What has gone wrong, uh, Chairperson? Or are we not having funds? Or is it through negligence that the road signs are no more visible on our roads? I hope it can be better if we can put them back so that people should be aware of potholes, steep slopes and so forth and so forth. Thank you very much, Honorable <clears throat> you want to have a second bite? Let's allow you. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Yes, a very, a very um, short one. I was just wondering, Chairperson, um, when uh, just about the the speed cameras and that, 
whether when MPs test speed cameras, whether this is viewed as oversight chairperson or a failure to notice something. Can you just give us clarity on that, please, chairperson? Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Honorable Member. Um, Hunsinger. Um, the acting DG has um, requested to be released as you have yet. I don't know whether is he back from uh, the other commitment that uh, he said he was going to address. Ndadamadia, are you back? In the absence of uh, him, it will only be fair for me to go back to Kevin. Kevin, can you please try and cover the concerns? And uh, you are free to acknowledge uh, the compliments, they were there, I think a number of them. And tell us how are you going to address the challenges that are within your range as the um, um, entity. And the department will also take questions that are directed to the department as I can see that some of the questions are not related to uh, the entity, but the department will have to deal with. Before you get in, let me acknowledge that the Deputy Minister has joined us. I can see. Uh, Deputy Minister, thank you very much. We did receive your apology um, earlier on that you'll be a bit late. So thank, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Kevin? Thank you, Chair. Um, Chair, yes, uh, we, we acknowledge the, the compliments and of course we will take the constructive criticism on some of the aspects of the presentation. Um, on the questions on the supervision and monitoring, um, yes, the, the supervision and monitoring we're referring to is that of the, the supervisors of the traffic officers, so your, your senior soups and so on, where the uh, as we had said, the plan was in place, the operations are executed, but at some point we do find that at the roadblocks and so on, in fact, one of them where we were, we were all present on the N1, officers start to move away from their responsibilities and they focus on other areas, and that is a problem. So it's something that we are working with uh, to tighten up the, the, the uh, execution at our operations uh, by focusing on the, on the supervision and the monitoring of these operations to ensure they get executed as planned because a lot of thought goes into the planning of where these operations should take place based on information from previous years and the analysis of the trends uh, that indicates we should perhaps you know focus on passengers in a specific area or do something on overload in the area but if there's no supervision during the execution of that um, it then derails all of the plans around that. So, so, so that's that's the the emphasis that we've we've made on that. That for future planning, we we, we will focus on that. 
On slide uh, 34, Chair, that was referred to by uh, Honorable Hunsinger, um, the reduction uh, by, the, by the Eastern Cape. Chair, it's a number of factors, and we do know that uh, the Eastern Cape provincial traffic, when they execute their planning for, for festive and Easter operations, they do involve all of the areas. So it's law enforcement, the engineering component, as well as the road safety component. And they do focus on the hazardous locations in the province. And it seems to be bearing fruit. We, we, we are invited annually to their planning sessions where, where we give them insights from a data point of view. And uh, in terms of um, other plans that we have in terms of the road safety strategy, and they, they, they do have a, a very good leadership under uh, the, the chief there, uh, 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 Mr. Mpli, um, who brings together all of the, the elements of road safety, as I mentioned, enforcement, engineering, as well as the education team. And their plans are well uh, derived around those areas to make sure they've got a holistic approach. That, in my opinion, uh, Chair, is one of the major contributing factors uh, to the reduction that we have seen. And it's been a steady steady reduction over the last couple of years for the Eastern Cape. Chair, on, on slide 40, with regard to the speed that is too high for circumstances, uh, that refers to the case where in the post-crash investigation, we find that the speed of the driver was too high. Either it was... Uh, very high over the, the the indicated speed limit for that road or the design of the road. For example, if you've got a hairpin bend, uh, you know, the, the person is, uh, uh, the driving speed was too high. Um, or if it's a, a, a normal road, it was excessive speeding over the indicated speed limit, uh, which was determined for that stretch of road. So that's where we, we, we've, we've got the indication that the speed was too high for the circumstances. At some point, it also it's difficult to, to, to do the investigation when we uh, look at, at road surfaces, but that's something that we are looking at is to, is to expand our investigation because we do find that sometimes, given the road conditions, the time of day, as well as the, the, the weather conditions, um, the speed um, effect is uh, also fluctuates and we have to... We have to take a look at that. On the the question on the the overloading um, by Honorable McDonald, um, yes, the some of the impoundments are as a result of of the overloading, uh, which is more on the on the good side. Uh, but it is correct that what was reported in terms of overloading for passengers was zero. Um, I will definitely go back to the law enforcement colleagues, and 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 this was part of the preliminary statistics that we that we did get, and it's something that we will have to look at and make sure that we've got accurate figures. I do agree that um, if one even looks at the major crashes that have occurred, a lot of the vehicles, uh, particularly the public transport vehicles, had more passengers in them than they should have had, and that does contribute, of course, to the stability of the vehicle. Um, Okay, then I'm, I'm going to ask my colleague, uh, Mr. Dabison Debele, to deal with uh, some of the questions which are related to the uh, road safety aspect. Thank you, Chair. Kevin, thank you. Um, did you answer 
the, the, the question related to our cameras. Sorry, Chair. Yes, Chair. Uh, on, the, on, on the cameras on the N1 uh, in the Lanesburg area, uh, those cameras are under the control of the Western Cape Provincial Department of Transport. Uh, it is my understanding that that stretch of road is an average speed over distance enforcement. So it might be, I'm not saying it is, it might be that uh, when the member was speeding, when they did the average speed calculation, it was still within the accepted speed limit, and therefore a fine was not issued, but we will verify with the with the colleagues in that area uh, uh, in the Western Cape whether those cameras are active. I, I do know that uh, they did report quite a number of um, tickets that were issued on a weekly basis during the festive season uh, for speeding. So I will just verify with them. But I think it's it, the reason why the fine was not issued was uh, it's an average speed of a distance. So over the complete stretch of road, they calculate your average speed, not necessarily the speed you were doing when you passed the camera. Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> Thank you, Kevin. Uh, let, let's welcome your colleague. Thank you very much, uh, Mangeta. Good morning to you, Chairperson. Good morning to the Minister, the Deputy Minister, and the members. I think I'm going to touch on the key elements of the Vision Zero and why we're not adopting it. Um, um, sir, what is your name again? Apologies, my name is Sabison Debele, the Road Safety Executive at the RTMC. Babun Debele, are you in transit? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in transit. I'm stationary. Oh, you stationary. I just wanted to make sure as we speak about uh, road fatalities, we don't cause one. You can go ahead, sir. Thank you very much. Um, so let me start with the first one. In terms of the focus areas in our role as the RTMC, we do engage with the provinces and prior to, to each financial year, to each uh, peak volume period, we, we advise them on, on the key focus areas. So in this case, Mr. Caravala did, uh, did indicate that there were four key areas, including the pedestrian safety, including the reduction of speed. Um, and we're happy to say, even if we didn't um, have COVID-19 uh, in 2019, 2020, and compared to the last festive season, the, the, the pedestrian fatalities dropped by like 84 or 86 um, in terms of the absolute number. So we do engage the provinces, but the, the, the uniqueness of this engagement is that what what works for KZN, but not necessarily work for, for, for Northwest. So we do take that into account. The more important thing, I guess, I have to stress at this hour is that South African society is, is um, perhaps not the most compliant in the world. Um, and we are dealing with that in the larger context. So when you think of road safety, um, as we see people having kids in between the seats, as we see unbuckled uh, uh, passengers, these are all the programs that we are trying to, 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 to um, implement, which are evidence-based, as the Acting DG has mentioned. So it will take us a while um, for us to get to that compliant Vision Zero uh, Sweden type of, uh, type of operation, but all our programs going forward are aligned to that to say we need to we need to take into account the circumstances of which our road users are faced at. So a good example um, which was mentioned earlier was the, the mass ruling of the informal settlement. 
So it means that we really have to engage our stakeholders, the Department of Housing, for example, about the town planning, because once you put a clinic on one side of the freeway and a school on the other side, people don't want adhere to, won't use that pedestrian bridge, but they will force to cross the freeway. So these are the uh, long-term issues that we, we, we are beginning to deal with. On some of the key elements maybe linked to the RTMC, um, the member did indicate that the, the role of the RTMC is really to provide the, those insights and intervene um, where it is necessary. And I think we are doing that, of course, with more manpower, we, we could do more, but it is also, as highlighted uh, perhaps in the, in, the, in the lack of monitoring um, of the performance, it is also engaging and educating our local partners, which is the provincial government. They are the implementing arm in whatever plans that we do have. So from that perspective, I, think, I do think that we have some work um, around uh, engagement and education at a provincial and a local government, which is something that we have, we have begun to undertake. But more importantly, our approach needs to be different because we cannot um, uh, uh, do the same thing year, uh, year after year and expect a different result. What does this mean? It means that at some point, um, for example, the introduction of road safety education into the, into the school curriculum, it's something that has to be implemented in full force. Um, there are elements of it, but we need to go big. Um, in, terms of, in terms of protecting the vulnerable user, the future road designs need to take into account that South Africans are walkers. We don't have money for transport. And whenever we build a bridge, whenever we construct a new road, um, we have to take those vulnerable users into account. Um, that's all I can add, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Babundebele. Indeed, I can see you are stationary. Any other take up from the department side? Um, anyone who wants to deal with the issues that were raised by Honorable Pete May? Um, and that uh, Makosin, I think, and other honorable members that has not been answered. Department? Um, Welcome back, sir. Thank you. Um, thank you, thank you, Chair. I, I will I will request Babu uh, Shabisa um, because I missed those questions um, while I was still with the subcommittee of DEFCOP. I'll request Babu Shabisa DDG roads uh, to respond to those questions. Thank you, Babu Shabisa. Uh, thank, thank you very much, uh, Honourable Chairperson of the uh, Portfolio Committee, Babu Mangete Siabonga. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, uh, acting DG, Minister, uh, 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 Deputy Minister and colleagues. I think the one that was raised was with regards to the uh, maintenance of roads, uh, particularly focusing on the matters of potholes and also the road furniture insofar as the, uh, the, the signs are concerned and the line marking are concerned. 
uh, as well as the other issues which we call it the road furniture, uh, making the road safe. So those uh, matters are handled by our counterparts at the provincial level. Uh, Chairperson, you'll know that we do uh, we do, do uh, transfers as a transferring authority to the provinces, and we do the oversight on those kind of uh, transfers that we have done to all the provinces, all nine provinces. What we do, uh, <coughs> our, our technical team do go, teams do go to the various provinces to verify and does the oversight of uh, the transfers amount insofar as their uh, business plans are concerned, which we call them the B5 forms. Where the list of projects are being handed uh, to the provinces, we do critique and verify them. And it's not all of them that the budgets that we, we give them do address all the challenges that they have. But we do do the monitoring on the projects that are being submitted to us in the form of the business plan. That's what we do. But we do emphasize to them that uh, fixing, fixing of portals is a priority. Like our minister Mbalula has clearly said that we, this money must fix portals, must do fixing of portals and also repair the structures. As you can see, you could see what has been happening across the country in terms of people washed away with uh, insofar as the low level crossings are concerned. So these are the priorities that we, have, we are working very closely uh, in this turnaround uh, plan with the provinces to, to firm up those kind of uh, critical priorities into their business plan. That is what we are doing. So I, I think insofar as that is concerned, I want to believe and want to believe that yes, indeed, the provinces are, try, are trying their level best uh, to fix those portals. But you see, with the latest heavy floods, Oh, uh, and very, very heavy floods across South Africa. Yeah, that has been very difficult uh, to catch up with the development of the portals on our road network. So, but uh, as soon as as soon as uh, the uh, the the uh, the weather try, tries to be uh, you know kind enough, our forces out there, our teams are out there. But partnership with the province was we don't literally uh, fix the portals ourselves at the Department of Transport nationally. We do the oversight. But our teams and uh, working with the provinces are doing exactly that. It's a different story, with the uh, municipalities, where you see maybe in major in some towns, like when you travel through, uh, you know, uh, through MLO in the middle there, you uh, standard on you you see that those streets in the middle of the town are quite uh, severe, very severe, and you could see that they are very very deep. Uh, portal. So what we are saying uh, moving forward is that the municipalities need to forge uh, partnerships with uh, uh, our agency at least, uh, just to uh, our agency, Sanral, in making sure that they do beef up the capacity in those levels. Because we are aware that at, 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 at a municipal level, we don't, they don't have the technical skills, they can't keep engineers. Some of them really they are struggling uh, to maintain their, 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 their streets. So we are saying they must forge those partnerships uh, so that, uh, you know, Arch I mean, uh, uh, Sanral can give a hand, but not taking over their roads, but to make sure that their road network is being maintained to a, a, an acceptable standard and also transferring of skills to those uh, municipalities, including the provinces, in fact, Chairperson. The provinces also are running out of the, the requisite skills uh, to fix potholes, to maintain roads and so forth. So, but... That partnership is being forged as we speak. Minister has given us a go-ahead to look into that, to ask uh, to get Sandra to be more involved 
at a provincial level in the fixing of the road network and repairs. So that is where we are. Uh, I just wanted to cover that so that we are all on the same page as to what the department is doing under this other district chief of our minister. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thanks. Thank you very much, Ubabushabisa. Um, Thank you very much, Babu Umadi. Acting DG. Um, thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, that was our contribution as a Department of Transport, unless Minister Loyo Chair wants to, ha um, to have a, a bite. Thank you. I'm not delegating upwards. Um, I am requesting to address you as a chair with all the with all due respect because you are not here yeah there was a some clear contributions by the members of this portfolio committee one issue that was raised and raised sharply is that our roads are full of potholes I'm yes, sure I'm clear on that one. And the, the question was that, what is the department doing to deal with that problem of potholes? One member, to be specific, Honorable Peter May, raises an issue that um, as he was traveling, he came across ordinary citizens busy on our roads fixing potholes. He thanked them and uh, he took their numbers so that they can engage on fixing our potholes. Uh, Honorable Makosini raises this issue and uh, raises the issue of signage on our road, lack of signage on our road. And indirectly, he says, because we now have more potholes, we must have more signage, signages that directs uh, drivers <clears throat> that uh, our roads are in shambles. I think that's the issue. I thought we'll have a program, not a story. We do not want to listen to a beautiful story of transfers to the, to the provinces and municipalities. As you transfer the money to the provinces and everywhere, the responsibility to oversee that the money you have transferred is doing its job. It lies with you. You are not exonerated from that responsibility. I think we may want to call the provinces, but it shouldn't be like that if we're working in tandem and cooperating you must tell us 
uh, for the first time on my side also, after a very long time, the main street in Pretoria has a big pothole, just Pretoria, the main street. Honorable Ramadwa had sent me, and I will share with you, uh, Acting DG, a picture of Sandral, a car belonging to Sandral with the driver having gone out and pouring sand on the pothole in Limpopo. This, for me, is a problem that needs to be fixed. And I really want to say with all the humility that we have as a committee, can we do more than telling a story that the transfer has gone, but potholes are still there, people's cars are damaged, and all these things will get accident because of those potholes. So for me, it's a very serious issue that I think if the department was to acknowledge and say, we'll go back and check and come back as to how we deal with this issue, we, will, we would appreciate that kind of a, 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 a reply. Because as a committee, we'd want to put our finger on that issue because we feel strong about it, as members have said. Maybe let me just say this before the minister comes in, so that uh, after you have um, said what you are going to say, uh, you can all rep. The, the members are also saying, as I listen to them, and this was from uh, Honorable Hun Singer, Stats are here, the information is here from uh, the Road Traffic Management Corporation. We acknowledge and are happy about that. Is there a concerted effort of a program that will be running 365 days uh, compared to the visibility that we normally see in uh, Easter holidays or festive season. In essence, the committee is saying, if we are to deal with the reduction of fatalities on our roads, this program should not be an ad hoc program. Are we able to come up with uh, such a program, or will the committee be asking too much? I thought I should pause there, and uh, if I was um, not clear, I am happy to clarify any point. But at this point, without really provoking any hands, uh, I want to go back to you. There is somebody with a hand there, when the chairperson is trying to summarize, uh, I see T. Who is T? Tabis on the bill. Oh, it's officials. No, it's okay. You can respond uh, uh, if, if you allow me, um, uh, acting DG. Uh, 
let's start with Tabi, so then we'll 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 end with him. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, what I wanted to add to what you were proposing or what you were questioning is that yes, uh, there is a program already formulated for certain various groups. Um, the three levers that you're going to be pulling this uh, this calendar year and into the next into the next financial year is number one the pedestrian program. Already, we have driven the 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 implement the the adoption of a transversal indicator across all the provinces to focus on pedestrians. Then the second one is the issue of the drinking and driving that is aligned to 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 curbing the instances of such. So it includes, it's, it's, it's in threefold. The first one is working with the DT, uh, DTIC um, in the response to, to government about the, um, the impact of alcohol. The second one, it is a collaboration with the private sector. And then the last one, it is us engaging with justice and expediting the issue of um, the reclassification and uh, reclassification of traffic offenses, as well as dealing with court, uh, with road traffic matters having a dedicated court, because the issue is without any penalties, without any consequences, the behavior won't change. So that talks to that. And then the last one, then it is uh, the, the third program for the year, which again is adopted by all the various provinces. It is the road safety program with various interest groups. And this is acknowledging that there are ongoing road safety activations across the country, but you want them to be aligned. So those are the three programs, uh, Chairperson, I can talk to at this point in time uh, to say there have been engagements and uh, in terms of implementation, some way has gone into actually having these uh, being applicable to all the provinces and local government uh, for the next upcoming financial year. Thank you, Chair. Tabi, so thank you. If you could be amenable to sharing with the committee, we will really appreciate. Acting DG, Obabu Madia. Thank you, thank you, Chair, and thank you for, for the background um, that you have given on the issues which are valid that have been raised by the members. Uh, Chair, in our national, provincial, and the uh, municipality roads. I don't think it will be sustainable to uh, to put these synergies for the anomalies that are taking place uh, in terms of, of, of the state of our roads. I think what we need to do as a department, uh, together with all the structures of, of government, is to make sure that we fix these potholes. And then we have roads that are user-friendly, that are safe uh, for South Africans. <clears throat> That's the first thing. Secondly, if we take away the issue that you have raised, um, particularly on the grants that we allocate to the provincial uh, governments, I think we have realized as a department that it's, we need to strengthen the oversight to make sure that as we disperse these monies, they are properly utilized. We have proposed to develop a PMU in, in, the, in, the, in the DDG's office responsible for roads to make sure that we, we physically do audits 
on the work that the provincial government claim to have done. <clears throat> so as to what is it that we are doing now, um, 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 I, I will, I will, there is a, um, an event uh, chair and the esteemed members that I will allow the minister to make pronouncements on. But basically the purpose of that event is to address the question that you have raised. We want an action and result orientated uh, outcome out, out of the discussions that we are going to have in the next 10 days or so, where all the structures of government, provincial municipalities, academia, uh, our entities as a department of transport, we will have to engage to find solutions as to how do we address the issue. It should not be an academic discussion because we all know what is the state of our roads. But what we need to do is to go out there and have a proper practical plan that we commit to South Africans as government, particularly as the, as the, as the Department of Transport with our entities, to make sure that we address the issue. None of us are absorbed from these uh, challenges. We all come from different places. You, we all see the state of, of the affairs. And, 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 and if you look at the track record chair of Sandra, one of our entities in terms of the roads that they've maintained, they are fairly in a good state. Maybe we need, as a, one of the interventions, to give more powers the Sandral entity to manage these roads beyond national and provincial to the level of municipalities. Because it tells us that the capability, the capacity, the technical expertise, not only on, on the in-house uh, staff, but in terms of managing the contractors, is of high quality. So we need to look at all those issues so that if the committee feels we need to come back and report at least there's a tangible action plan that we'll be presenting uh, to, the, uh, to, the, to the committee. Uh, but in terms of what is it that we are going to do in the next 10 days, I think it would be appropriate that our minister um, uh, uh, discuss that issue uh, with, the, with the committee. Thank you. Thank you. I, I think the issue of the, the visibility of our enforce officials, last week we had a discussion with the DPSA because we are trying to look at the how then do we uh, uh, adjust our budget so that as we go to a 24-7, all nine provinces, at least the issues of, of remunerations and other related matters in terms of our Labor Relations Act are addressed. That discussion is taking place and we, because we are aiming to make sure that all our streets, whether it's during the day, afternoon, or in the middle of the night, there is a visibility of our law enforcement to make sure that we keep all these fatalities. Thank you, Chair. Babu <clears throat> Madia, uh, thank you very much. The Ministry, over to you, Honorable Minister and Deputy Minister, in whatever order you want to address us. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chair uh, and members. Um, 
Uh, I'm saying uh, indeed the data involves our 365 uh, campaign, honorable answering uh, interventions, as well as other policy interventions. Um, we are considering uh, the threats that uh, data paid uh, assist us um, in channeling resources uh, to where the most need is and ensures that our road safety program uh, is clearly focused and emphasizes uh, prevention. The 10% annual target is significant uh, as a stepping stone towards the realization of the 25% target uh, by, 20, by 2025. McDonald's, uh, Honorable McDonald's, <clears throat> as an integral part of uh, strengthening our regulatory framework in relation to public transport, we are looking at the number of measures uh, to address the significant number of illegal operations. Uh, this includes imposing a moratorium on issuing new operating licenses. This will, this will enable us um, to address the proliferation of uh, illegal operators as a result of a number of municipalities that do not uh, have up-to-date integrated transport plans, um, which must uh, guide the issuing of new operating uh, licenses. This moratorium, Honorable McDonald, will only be lifted once these plans are, uh, are in place and will allow us to rationalize the services and ensure that new human settlements are adequately serviced uh, by public transport. We are also seriously uh, looking at strengthening public transport law enforcement, which is the point that has also been uh, emphasized by Honorable Manu um, when he basically talked about the issue of uh, NTP through a standardized approach. Uh, across the country. We are currently uh, having a fragmented approach uh, that differs from one province to the other. So the shareholder committee under the RTMC and the minister must, and MECs, must deal with this standardization, uh, which will make it a point that uh, we sing from the same hymn book across the country. And like we say, this will go a long way in addressing the challenge you are addressing, uh, Honorable uh, McDonald's, uh, in, your, in your input. Honorable May, um, the 50 rand and the 25 rand in turn are provincial roads that the Gauteng government is responsible for. Um, however, we are consolidating our Ziamba Songa program and uh, accelerating our interventions to bring our collective capacity to bear in addressing the challenge of potholes, among others. 
You will have seen this past weekend the Houting Smart uh, program led by the MEC of Transport, Jacob Mamabul, um, where they are closing portals. And there are many of such examples right in the city of uh, Johannesburg with the private sector, Liberty Life. Uh, we launched a program of closing portholes uh, that you just call this particular number and they arrive and they close the portal in your street, wherever you are, just like that. Change of administration. Uh, I don't know whether that program is in place, but it happened just last year before local government election. We need a lot and uh, quite innovative means to close portals, particularly in regional roads. Um, because uh, national roads, pristine, well attended to 24-7. Big Brother is watching out there, Sunral, proper work around the national road. You, 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 you won't have a portal for a day in the national road, and uh, it will be closed just like that. We may be running short in terms of upgrading and building new roads because of the balance sheet of Sandra as a result of a non-finalization of ETOS. That is our biggest Achilles heel. Um, we are now going to consolidate our work because we want to bring about policy intervention in terms of the provinces. We give billions of runs to the provinces. Uh, in a form of a grant for them to upgrade and maintain the roads. Uh, Chair, um, without making a blanket statement um, to the provinces, but it is quite clear with the uproar and the cacophony of voices uh, that comes out as a result of the non-fixing of roads at the regional level, that uh, we need to devise an approach. And I will be the first to admit that uh, I spent the two days, Chair, this past weekend. And among others, I was dealing with the question of roads branch of the Department of Transport. And my critique of the roads branch was that we are the center. We are the people who are supposed to be having a database and knowledge about the state of the roads. Our answers must not be political. They must demonstrate our ability of knowledge and expertise of road fixing and where it is the problem and how we are going to resolve it. Chair, we have not reached that. We have not reached that. We are giving you political answers as politicians here in this committee. And me, I'm a politician like you as an MP. I gave officials an opportunity to speak. You ask them. They give you political answers on a very technical and uh, you know operational question about the state of roads in the country and uh, what are we going to do to fix it? It's an operational question. It's a policy matter in relation to shifting the balance and making it a point that uh, uh, whilst we are a, a concurrent function uh, ministry, but we dispatch man and the backstop with us, 
in terms of roads in the country. When people complain about the R triple five, and then I say to them that no, it has got nothing to do. I'm busy with Sandra. They say, but why are you minister of transport? You don't know their potholes in Zingitingi. You don't know their potholes like Titombo when he says, why do you call a conference? My biggest critique is Titombo Weni, the former minister of finance, who left me with the problem of Itos without resolving them. And every time we had to come to the table to resolve them, he had excuses. When he was minister of finance, I'm sitting here with a, a big headache of the Itos. I'm using money that I'm supposed to be using to fix the roads. You want answers from me, but you don't go deeper. In terms of looking at the budget, you know as lawmakers that part of the money that is allocated to me, where it is going, is servicing the debt of the ethos because we have done away with what? The important principle of user pay in relation to the ethos. And then uh, the bond markets that are giving us resources to finance and show that uh, our balance sheet is up to stretch are no longer ready to come to the party because of uncertainty on this particular matter. I'm sitting here with roads that are not going to be maintained in the next 10 years. You are probably going to grill the next minister. If I'm still there, I'll be the one about the same problem. And probably the state of roads in this country would have deteriorated. The second phase of how they uh, road uh, freeway program has come to an abrupt standstill. There's going to be congestion in this country in the next five, 10 years, starting from Gauteng. And there's going to be a biggest disaster you have never seen of these roads not being fixed and maintained because we don't have money to do that. So I'm not putting this on you. We are dealing with the matter. We are supposed to resolve it. And then I've promised you that we are resolving the matter of the ethos so that they were able to address this particular question in the long term, which will have dire consequences for this country. The same as we have had dire consequences of electricity, which is not a problem of yesterday. We identified that problem 10 years ago. That's why we went to Kusile and all of that and it just collapsed and crumbling down on us, including state capture. But it's not something that we didn't envisage in our program of work, we did. And we did something about it. Whilst we had built those stations, it came to our knowledge at some point that uh, they were pro not properly built. And uh, we resolved the ethos. We resolved the structure of the grant we give to the provinces. We've got control. We've got database that we're in charge of. And we're able to intervene within the concurrent function because all what people are fighting for they are fighting for this money, but they get this money. They allocate it for a road somewhere between Umtata and Engobo to be built. And the service provider disappears with the money. They do nothing about it. And then they call Sandra to take over the road. None of the roads in the Eastern Cape are taught. And they're beautiful. Beautiful. You can go to East London and go to uh, Port Elizabeth, former Port Elizabeth, without any houses like before. It's pristine, proper. And then the premier there says, 
let's have a discussion about tolling the roads. I said, let's not go there. All right. Now, we're taking over some of the roads. We've got to build bridges and do all of those things. So I have said, everybody, let's come together, not to talk and verbose. Let's talk about a plan of action. I'm taking money from you. I'm going to allocate it. I'm centralizing this. Everybody agrees. Where are the challenges of roads in your province? What are priority roads? Which new roads are we building in your province? And let's call experts to help us. How do we deal with the program province by province, municipality by municipality, area by area of potholes, including creating jobs for our people to do this work that Honorable May is talking about? That is done by ordinary citizens out of patriotism and probably because it also affects them. Lastly, on the issue of the, the accidents, we need a compact. This thing that government will do it alone, it's not going to happen. Government must do its part. We need technology. I was talking to my cousin and the, the CEO, uh, who's not feeling well, by the way, he should have been here and been the one, but he's listening. I was talking to him and saying to him, my cousin, we keep repeating the same thing, and the Honorable Man talks about that. Visibility of law enforcement. Let's finalize the deal with the Britons and have a traffic cop every corner in this country 24-7. And then I said, I'm announcing statistics of accidents in this country every month, not only in festive season, but all the bouquet of interventions on this matter in terms of the law, in terms of EBIT operational, we must bring it body cams for corrupt cops. When are we bringing those things to action? I've mandated the RTMC all time along to do this thing. Like you say to me here today that, Minister, go and do the following things. Simple things we must do. Law enforcement, but we must win our people to be with us motorists must be with us. Those who are not with us, majority, millions are with us. They are law-abiding. They are on track. I meet them on the highways. A few that causes major accidents. We need to lock them up. They must feel the wrath of the law. You yourselves, you are supporting us in terms of amending the law. Let's move with speed. Uh, we don't see each other on Arto. We are dealing with that, we are appealing it, uh, because uh, to us, Arto was equally important in terms of infringement. And at the same time, in terms of the number of accidents that have been caused on our roads, and then drivers are just going, you know, without any punishment. Because you know, you will be arrested for drink and driving, you'll be out on the bay and something. And the only time you'll go to jail is when you have killed people and you are charged with capable homicide. That's the only time. But you can be arrested being drunk. As long as there is no jail term attached to drunk and driving and breaking the law like that, South Africans will just go on. And these are civilized people who own cars. We've got about more than 2 million vehicles, uh, live vehicles on our, on our roads. 
and they increase all the time, even in the times of uh, COVID-19 and economic meltdown that we have inherited, you know, uh, and so on, that we are dealing with now. Uh, but people still buy a lot of cars. I've addressed the Honorable Man, Lolchungu, we are raising the bar on improving our monitoring and implementation of intervention. Like I said, we are. Um, and I want, when I come back to the portfolio committee addressing this matter, I shouldn't be reposing from 1996, one and the same thing. RTMC is here. My team is here from the DOT. The acting DG is here. You have heard for yourself what I say myself with the deputy minister in our own meetings. You will come to us and do an oversight, but I want to give you a different and a quality report, and which is measured by outcomes that you can see on the ground that there is work that has been done. Not just good on paper, but you must interact with people who know their job. It's like I'm telling you that I'm working as a pilot, and then I come tell you about the work of pilots, and I run short of that in terms of explaining to you what is happening in terms of my work. I need to tell you exactly what is happening and how am I dealing with the issue of the rules. I don't want to tell you about Siamma Song, uh, which I'm implementing already now, uh, but we need to address the quality of that Siamma Song. How municipalities close the potholes, Simple things that they're supposed to be doing, provinces. People have just been embezzling money and corruption all around. Honorable Shavangu, I've earlier indicated that uh, we're intervening in supporting the provinces to address the portal challenge. And I've emphasized that also through Siamma Song. I need to make that evaluation in terms of this program. Quality-wise, are we making headways? Where are these potholes? Are they being closed? Because closing potholes is job creation. It's interlinked to our labor-intensive efforts uh, to get young people particularly busy uh, in the different provinces in this particular program. So we are getting into that space where we consolidate all the resources and at the same time energy and expertise and then I'm definitely sure we should, out of that, give you what we have demanded. You are asking me, what is the plan of action on roads? What is the plan of action to care of intervention on accident? You have also given me something to take over. It's not for the first time. Some of the things that Manu is talking about, it's not new. Uh, it's something that has been repeated. And uh, we are here. So I believe in listening, going back, and uh, taking some of the suggestions you are making, putting them in the pot, and then let us grant into action. And that is what uh, I will be doing out of this portfolio committee chair. Thank you very much. Uh, Chairperson. Chair. I wish, I wish chair, to change the meeting. Can we raise hands? Can we raise hands? Like the Honorable Makosini does. Uh, here's my hand, Chair. Yes, thank you, uh, Honorable Man. Chair, I just wanted to hear the minister. I spoke about 50 rand and 20 rands in uh, in Tuan. I just wanted to, Minister to clarify which runs is he talking about. Uh, 
No, I, I, I am rescuing you, my honorable minister. I hear you very well. You were talking about provincial roads uh, that has some issues, challenges in terms of potholes, and you said R20 and R25. Um, it was just a slippering of the tongue, and the honourable member is taking advantage of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Z Z555. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chair. Um, I want to say to the minister, the ministry, because the, uh, the deputy minister is also here, this committee is committed in supporting the department to bring about changes. That is why we are raising these issues with all the humility that it deserves. We are encouraged that the minister is listening. We are also encouraged that uh, the DG has said what uh, he has said. If we can see some movement, extra movement on the issues that we have raised, we are together all the way. The issue of portals was even raised by the president, President Ramaphosa. I think you have touched on it, uh, Honorable uh, Minister, that portholes should be closed at the most uh, 48 hours or so. So I think uh, we should be taken in that spirit. Otherwise, thank you very much, Minister, and uh, your team. Um, if if you have other meetings, we are lately wanting to release you. Thank you. Thank uh, you, Minister. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, thank you very much. And that uh, honourable uh, May, I see your hands. All I want to say, thanks to the minister, I'll stay positive. Thank you. Stay positive on behalf of all of us. Thank you very much. Uh, can we now go to um, the second item? Valerie, there are submissions that we have um, in terms of deliberations on the economic regulation of transport bill. I've seen 12. I don't know if Valerie wants to say more on them. Valerie? Okay, you are correct. Um, those 12 submissions were received mainly from regulators and industry representatives. And uh, quite a few of those 
were made by um, stakeholders that originally um, submitted um, submissions on the bill when it was published last year. Members may recall that the committee in this second round uh, published the additional proposed amendments to the bill for comment. Um, on the 4th, those were received on the 4th of February and Chair, it has been shared with the committee yourself, the department and our legal advisors to prepare responses. Um, in terms of our program, Chair, the 22nd of February is now scheduled for um, the department um, to respond to those um, to those submissions that has been circulated to them already. That is next week. Yes, Chair. Okay, Valerie. Um, 12, I've gone through some of them, um, if not all. Honorable members, do you have anything to say? Can we be content with the, the issue that we will entertain this matter uh, next week on the 22nd, when the department is giving um, responses and uh, the process there, thereafter, Valerie will be asked to interact with the, uh, the submissions, am I correct? Yeah, at the last meeting on the bill, uh, members agreed to have to only deal with the written submissions and not to have hearings. If at some stage chairperson, the committee um, decide to, to call some of these um, stakeholders for verbal discussions, it will obviously depend on the committee, but for the rest of the program, after the 22nd of February, there is deliberations um, scheduled um, onwards until the committee finalized the bill. I just wanted that, that, that issue to be ventilated, that there will be deliberations immediately after the response by the department. Um, Honourable members, can we close this matter with that uh, understanding? Let me see hands. Thank you very much, Honourable Manu. You agree? Can I take it that the hand of Mr. the Honourable Mays is seconding that? Honourable May. Yes, Chairperson. I see your hand up. Are you seconding? Yes, Chairperson. Thank you very much. You may then lower your hand. Thank you very much. Honorable members, the third item is the minutes of the 25th of January. Um, I've gone through the minutes. These are the minutes where we dealt with our uh, planning session for the first term. 
these are the minutes where we dealt with um, the National Road Traffic Amendment Bill. We took it from uh, clause 47 to clause 54, and we allowed um, the legal minds to go and draft the list of amendments. It was supposed to come back today, and uh, the legal uh, team has actually requested some more time. Am I correct, Valerie, that uh, this will be dealt with on the 8th of March? Okay, that is the 1st and the 8th of March. The 1st of March and the 8th of March. Please indicate to the legal team that uh, we may not be prepared to extend more than that because we now have that understanding of the first and the eighth of March. And uh, um, any second, uh, any proposal for the minutes to be adopted? Baba Ulisagomangu. Thank you, Chair. I move for the adoption of the minutes as a true reflection. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Jambasa. Uh, uh, Honorable McDonald. Uh, second, Chairperson, uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. According to the agenda in front of me, um, this should be bringing us to the end of the meeting, except to say we are going to find space, uh, myself and the administration, Valerie, on two items uh, that, um, that one of them you all members have already had, um, that presentation of panel vents. I've gone through that presentation. We need to deal with it as a portfolio committee and the calibration of aircraft accident. Those two items will find space in our program to dispense of as we, as we had agreed earlier on so that we don't leave anything that we have agreed on behind. Um, so I was just letting member, members know that those two items have not fallen within the cracks. Uh, any other issue that I'm leaving behind, Valerie? Um, Chair, as I've indicated, uh, the issue about the stakeholder engagements, um, if it's possible, Chair, that I can also speak to you out of the meeting, outside of the meeting about that. Okay, sure. Um, otherwise, uh, I wish to really thank members. There is one issue that um, was raised and I think uh, the department will take heed of it. The issue of the presentation that did not arrive on time. I have noted that uh, Honorable Hun Singh, I don't think uh, is an issue that has just uh, been swept under the carpet. Valerie, 
let let us be a bit strict on that issue. I don't want us to create issues where there are no issues. Uh, I know it's a departmental issue. Uh, please, uh, let's just notify them that we will want to have presentation on time so that we don't make issues where there are no issues or create issues where there are no issues. Mm-hmm. On a very lighter note, as I leave members to logically go back and uh, engage fiercely uh, in the National Assembly, in the debates, let me just request members, please, as we play our oversight, uh, I can see that we are committed in playing oversight and raising issues and picking up issues. Let, let's not put ourselves in a situation that may otherwise be interpreted as we were not law-abiding citizens. I'm just humbly requesting that. I know members will understand which issue I'm raising. I think it suffices to raise that issue at that level. Otherwise, thank you very much for the good meeting. Um, I wish you all the best for the rest of the day. Thank you very much. Until we meet again, long live. Long live the chair, long live. Long live the chair. Thank you very much, uh, Todd Sins. Uh, goodbye. Thank you very much. Long live. Kabar Chilele. Zurashi Durobar Chilele. Kabar Chilele. Thank you very much. <laughs>